time to bring forth the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dancing generation. Dancing because of your great glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we want to say good evening to you. We're happy to have you in our Wednesday night Bible study here at Grace Gospel Worship Center. You online as well as you in the house. I appreciate the remnant, these young people. They're hanging in there. They're hanging in there. You know, as I was standing there and thinking back when COVID came about, these young folks are hanging in there. It's got a little bit uh, that goes with what the Lord gave me to teach on tonight or preach on tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to them because they're holding the course. They're, they're, they're staying, staying fast. They're fighting the good fight. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to be talking tonight. We're going to, let's go ahead and uh, I'll give you my text for tonight. It's Hebrews, the second chapter. We're going to read verses 9 through 18. And it reads as this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hallelujah. Amen. Saying, I will declare thy I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Verse 16, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Yeah. Verse 17, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest 
and things pertaining to God to make the reconciliation for the sins of the people. Verse 18, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus came to defeat the devil and to forever minister as the high priest. He has given us a great salvation, which we must not neglect. My title tonight is So Great Salvation. We can't neglect what we have. You know, I thought about this, and it's, it's simple. We can't neglect what God has given us. We can't neglect it. Sometimes objects and experiences become so familiar to us that we tend to forget their importance. When we, when we turn on the tap for a drink of water, we expect it to flow. We expect that water to come out. But when a catastrophe happens and there is no water, then we start to think back. You ever thought back when you didn't have something that you had plenty of one time and you thought that, man, when I had when I had it so plenty, I shouldn't have neglected it. I shouldn't have. It's like when you brush your teeth in the morning. I'm mindful now when I'm brushing my teeth because, you know, a lot of times when we go in the bathroom, we tend to turn the water on to brush our teeth. And while we're brushing our teeth, we're just letting the water flow. We're not thinking about, you know, you just basically you're just being wasteful. You're just. You know, because that's water that <laughs> it's not promised to be here the next you're paying for it, but it's not who says that it's always gonna be that plentiful. Yeah. Well, it works the same way with the Holy Ghost. We can't neglect the Holy Ghost. People People also tend to take for granted certain spiritual beliefs, benefits, including the very work of salvation. Christians should develop a deep feeling of appreciation for God's plan of salvation. What a thrill it was when God saved us, when he brought us out of the mire and the yeah. muck. Hallelujah. You know, Bishop, I think back when he delivered me, yeah. when he brought he. He stopped me from, I used to drink a case of beer a day. I was an alcoholic, Bishop. I used to, the world would call me an alcoholic. I'm no longer an alcoholic because of Christ and his goodness. But what a thrill it was for me when God delivered me, when he set me free. We can't, we can't forget what God has done for us. You know, it, it, when I was studying this, I mean, I, I talked about this, it's been seven or eight years ago, 
But you know, you get something good out of something every time you go over it and whatnot. And I began to think, and I began, the day I was sitting, I was at work, and I was sitting on the bus, and I was reading some of this, and I was thinking about the church today. It saddens me. It saddens me. I mean, we have people online, and we have those that are here. But look at, with your natural eye, how many that are missing. How many that are taken for granted. Because that's what they're doing. They're taking for granted what God has done for them. The book of Hebrews helps us to appreciate what Jesus Christ accomplished for us at Calvary. To, to affect our salvation. No longer must individuals pause as, at an altar of death and sacrifice to enter the house of God. Moreover, our high priest is not an imperfect priest. We have a better high priest. The promises to which we cling do not focus on a Messiah of the distant future. Jesus Christ has already come and brought us his kingdom. And now we look toward it in eternity with him. Contact and interaction with God is not confined to the holies of holies. We have a personal relationship with God. In us. And so many people take it for granted. Like it's always going to be there. Or I can come back. You know, it's like a, a child with a toy. A child will play with a toy and he'll put it down. And he sees another toy and he'll go pick it up. And then he'll come back to that toy. God's not a toy that we can just put aside and pick him up when we want to pick him up. God is not that, that's, he's not that kind of God. And considering what he did for us, going to Calvary, we shouldn't treat him that way. We really shouldn't. The term salvation, salvation is an all-inclusive word which involves all the, that redemption offers. It represents deliverance, redemption, forgiveness, glorification. It speaks of our becoming united with God, reconciled with our creator. God is no longer a stranger to us. We are members of his family. You know, you, you, you shouldn't treat your family badly. You really shouldn't. I mean, no matter what they do, it's still your family. You've heard the phrase, no matter what, it, what he does or what she does, that's my family. Well, God is even more so your family. He's even more so your family. But people just kick him aside. And I, I'll call on him when I need him. But when I don't need him, I'll do what I want to do. Uh, 
God's people should always have a heart filled with thankfulness for what God has done for them. Unthankfulness contributes to mankind's downward spiral away from God. The cardinal person does not appreciate the things of God, for he is unable to know and understand them in his unregenerate state. See, not showing repentance. This is the times that we're living in right now. You know, we hear the stories about what, what folk do every day. You can ride down the street and you can see what individuals will do and how they'll act in a car. Possibly some of our coworkers. You know, it, and, and it, it's, they're, they're just unrepentant. People just don't care. I'll just do what I want to do because it's all about me, myself, and I. It's all about what I want. We as the church can't get in that state of mind. The Lord is coming. We, we can't get that way. We can't think that we can't go a second without thinking of God. We can't go a, a day without praying. We can't go a week without fasting. We have to keep our eye on the prize or we'll lose sight. If we lose sight of the Lord, we'll go under. We'll go under. If we lose sight, we'll go under. You know, I, I try now that to keep my mind on the Lord because I'm, I'm, I tell people I'm, I'm very afraid of the Lord catching me doing something wrong. So I try to keep my mind stayed on Jesus. I try to keep, I don't, I don't let my mind idle a lot. Because the mind here is where the devil starts. He starts with your mind. If he can get you in your mind to let your mind float away and if you drift away, just drift away with your thoughts. Because your mind, <laughs> you know the old saying, the mind is a terrible thing to lose. The mind is a terrible thing when it's not on Jesus. You can have some crazy thoughts in your head. Don't think for a second that a young man that takes a gun and walks into a building and kills people, don't think you can't have those thoughts. Don't think for a second that you, it's only by the grace of God and your mind stayed on him that you don't have those thoughts. I thank God for it. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2 and 11 in the NIV, well, the King James says it like this. And stay right there where you at, sis. For what a man knoweth, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now the NIV says it like this. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no, man, no one knows the thoughts of God 
except the spirit of God. You got to have something in you to understand God. See, this is the issue with the world. This is why these pews are like they are. You, you, you have to have the mind of Christ. You have to say to yourself, you know what, Bishop? I'm going to church tonight. I'll be honest with you. I came home from work today. I had a terrible headache. I don't know why my head was hurting like it was. I said, Lord, you stopped my head from hurting. And the Lord told me, well, go take a Tylenol. I don't like taking medicine. So I went and took one Tylenol. And I went over to my desk and I started to read. And before I knew it, the headache was gone. But, you know, I was sitting there thinking at one time, and I said, you know what? I said, Bishop, I said, you know what? It sure, if I wasn't speaking tonight, it sure would have been nice to lay out. I'm going to be transparent with you. <laughs> I, said, I said, it sure would have been nice to lay out, Sister Terry. It sure would have been nice to stay home tonight and just lay back. But God said, you know what? You, you going where you need to be. You know, press on. Yeah. Press on. And that's why, when, as I was sitting there earlier and when I got here, I seen Sister Marlena, who's so faithful, her daughter, who's so faithful, Tiana, who's so faithful, Aaron, and Kiaja. I had your name. I did. It just took me a second to get it out. But, you know, I, I, uh, Sister Brittany, and I began to think back on these young folks and how long they have been coming. Even when we weren't allowed to come in the building, they came so that we could have a service with the pastor and the bishop. And, you, you know, that's, that's pressing on. That's holding on to the salvation, that precious gift that has been given them. They're not taking it lightly. You look around the world at the young people in the world today, they, they don't have a lot on their mind except what they want to get out of life for themselves. And when I say that, I mean cardinal things. These young folks are laying up treasures in heaven. Spiritual gifts. What a blessing. I mean, it encourages me. It encourages me. It helps me to press on. I mean, I'm human. I'm like everybody else. Sometimes I want to just lay back and say, you know what, let me, let me just kick my feet up here and, and take the day off. But I got to keep in my mind that what if I take the day off and Jesus comes? And I miss out because I'm laying back with an idle mind. Amen. Among the many definitions of the word grace 
are included in the ideas of being large, large in quantity or number, remarkable or outstanding in magnitude. These ideas certainly apply to our salvation. It is large enough to meet the needs of every person who seeks the Lord. It is powerful in destroying sin completely in our lives. It is remarkable in its magnitude, degree, and extent in affecting the redemption for every human being who will seek out its work in his life. It is the gift of God that meets every spiritual need of man. That's what our salvation does for us. We have to hold on to it. We have to keep feeding our spiritual life. We can't, you know, say, well, it's COVID, and I, you know, I just can't make it because it's COVID. I'm afraid. We can't let COVID, COVID steal our, our spirituality. We can't let COVID turn us from the Lord. We can't let COVID be our excuse to not make it into heaven. I refuse to not make it into heaven because of COVID. You know, it's, it's always going to be something in your life. It's always going to be something. It's, all, it's only by the grace of God that we are not like, what is it, the country of Iraq or any of those other countries. It's only by the grace of God. It's only by God's grace. I mean, we don't know what's coming, and we don't know who we don't know we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we know who holds tomorrow. There's nothing that we can't no no battle that we can't win. We have Christ Jesus. We are his feet, his eyes, his legs, his arms. True, true salvation proceeds from the new birth experience. We have the new birth experience. We can't take that lightly. That's not something that we can just put on today and take it off tomorrow and put it back on next week. You can't just put Christ on when you want to. You can't uh, be saved when you want to be saved and when you don't want to be saved. Well, Lord, I'm going to take this week off and I'll get back with you next week. This, this thing, we have to live every day, every moment. Because like I said, you don't know when he's coming. The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We don't know. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. you we have something in us to help us, to encourage us, because we need encouragement. The world needs encouragement, but we as the church can't be weak. We, we, we really can't. 
We got a whole fast. The Apostle Paul recognized the greatness of the plan of salvation in his own life. He never forgot that he was once a fierce persecutor of the church and that God delivered him from his old pattern of thinking. See, he never forgot what God did for him. We can't forget how God brought us out. No matter how long ago it was, he delivered us from a world of sin, Bishop. He brought us out. I'm grateful to God for what he done for me. Because if he, if he hadn't, I don't believe I would still be breathing air now. The devil was trying to destroy me. He was trying to kill me. Since if you would bring up First uh, Corinthians 15, 9 and 10 in the Amplified, please. For I am the least, Paul said, for I am the least worthy of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I at one time fiercely oppressed and violently persecuted the church of God. But by the remarkable grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of the apostles, though it was not I, but the grace of God, his unmerited, see, God's unmerited favor. We can't take that lightly, church. You online, we can't take that lightly. What God did for you when he delivered you when he brought you into his family, <laughs> that was no little feat. He saved your life. Amen. You were certain for hell. But God said, no, no, no. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. A full appreciation of salvation must start with an understanding of the nature of sin. Sin is simply rebellion against God. Adam and Eve rebelled against God when they disobeyed his commandment in the Garden of Eden. We sin when we put our desires, when we sin when we put our desires for our lives above God's commandments when we don't do what we should be doing, when we don't act the way that we should be acting, when we don't talk the way that we should be talking, the things that we even think about. <laughs> you heard the bishop say that an idle mind is the devil's playground. And this is the state that the world is in. You think about the world and the state that they're in. You can't hardly drive down the road and stop at a stoplight and look at somebody because they could be smiling at you or it, 
You know, all you did was look over it. It's not like you were looking at them. You were just looking randomly. And you could get cursed out for that. People are just, they don't, <laughs> they don't know whether they're going or coming. And no one's happy. No one, a, a, a subtle smile. I mean, you, you know, it, it, it just amazes me how you could smile at someone and they could snarl at you. That's amazing. Over a smile. I mean, I, I smiled at you. And you snarled at me like I, like I robbed you. But this is the state that the world is in. Paul's desires to please God with his life. Paul desired to please God with his life, and he expressed frustration at his failure at his failure at times to live according to God's plan. Now I'm not saying that you know you're going to do everything right all the time, because we're not. We're human. But you ought to be mindful of what you're doing. And if you do wrong someone, correct the wrong. Because God will bring it to your attention. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll bring it to you. He'll let you know, hey, um, that wasn't right the way you looked at some. You know that co-worker? You didn't like the way they asked you a question or something? God will, God will bring it. He'll bring it back to you. You know, he'll bring it back to you. And you need to go make it right. I tell you, I learned, <laughs> I learned, uh, in fact, this week, you know, I had a, a little twister about three, two, three weeks ago came through my backyard. It picked up my neighbor's, the, his, his deck. It picked the top of, of his deck up, rode it over his house, through my fence, and into my house. So I thought, you know, it was his root. <laughs> he should be getting rid of it. Well, insurance companies don't, they don't do that. And, and so I told him, I said, look, this is your root. Well, he came to me and told me, he said, hey, I'm going to get that out of your yard. And I said, I appreciate it. He said, I know you want it out. And I said, I do. And then he came back to me and said, well, no, the insurance company said, what if we didn't know whose roof it was? I said, but we do know whose roof it is. It's yours. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, well, the insurance company said, no, no, it's for you to deal with. I said, no, no, you told me you was going to get it out of there. And, you know, I got a little hot about that thing. Because I said, you know what, he said he was going to get it out. He should have got out. Period. And I took him at his word. But the Lord quickened my spirit this week and said, look at here, son. Now, you was a little upset about that, and you said you got that under the blood. So what, you, what I want you to do, you need to go and apologize to that man and tell him, you know what? He was right because he was right. 
The insurance company said it was they were right and he was right. So, Bishop, I have to correct that wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And the Lord, you, you know what? The Lord will lay something on your heart. You ever been there where the Lord just lay something on you until you make it right? But I, I want that thing to be right. I don't want to be out of the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. And I acknowledge the fact, I said, Lord, <laughs> I, I, I stayed mad for a couple of days, and I kept telling the Lord, Lord, I ain't mad no more. I'm not. Well, now I'm, I'm really not mad. I've been corrected. But we have to know, we have to have something in us to realize that. The Holy Ghost will help us to realize that. I thank God for my salvation. Yes, sir. No, just my insurance. True salvation affects change in every aspect of our lives. The new birth experience places us into a new and higher realm of existence. Fornicators, thieves, inseminate, drunkards, and all other sinners are changed when they encounter when they encounter Christ's salvation. And, and see, these people that have these issues, or let's just say that are in sin, when you receive the Holy Ghost, God will take all of that stuff away. He will fix your life. It won't be none of that fornication if that's what you got going on. Those things will stop. But you, you, you have to give your life to Christ for it to stop. You, you, you have to. I mean, we can't think about these people as, well, they're just lost. Because they're not just lost. Because the salvation that we have, we didn't have it until God brought us out. And the same way he brought us out, he can bring them out. And we can't take, that's why I said we can't take what we have. The church of today can't take their salvation for granted. You just can't do it. You got to hold on. We got to hold on. We, we, we ran the race too far now. I've run this race too. I haven't run it as long as my bishop has and my auntie, but I've been running for 20 years. I've come too far to turn back now. I've come too far to turn back now. If, if I could say anything to a saint of God who has turned a little, I would say turn back because now is not the time to turn. Now is not the time to walk away from God. This is not the time to walk away. Hold fast. Salvation brings deliverance from the guilt of our sinful past. All human beings are born under the influence of sin. Some people may become involved in the beset 
and most degraded levels of sinful. See, it doesn't matter. No sin is worse than the other. So you can't say, well, you know, look at that person and look what they did. And uh, Sin is sin. The Lord said that sin is sin. There's no little sin and no big sin. Sin is sin. And once you've been delivered of that sin, you got to turn away from it. You don't go back to it. You don't go back to it. Once we are washed in the blood of Jesus, once we repent and been washed in the blood, all of that is washed away. It's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. We don't have to worry about it. But see, the church of the day has the, the ones that have done that. We, we have a lot of folk today that have resorted and turned back. They've turned back. We know it from looking around. This is not the time to walk away from the Lord. It's time to hold fast. It, I believe they need something to jog their memory. To, it's, you know, it, it's good to think about where God brought you from. You, you, you just really can't take that. You know, when I think back now, when I look back at my life before Christ, and I can think of times that I was so drunk that I, I, I remember particularly one time going to the hospital, and I think my blood pressure was 190 over 170, it was sky high to where these people started having me to pop pills and they took my blood pressure sitting down, they took it standing up, they took it with one leg up. They wouldn't let me leave the hospital. And it was all because of drinking alcohol that I was in that state. And, you know, a lady told me in the hospital, she was like, what are you trying to do? You trying to kill yourself? And in my mind, I didn't think that I was drinking because I, I had a problem. I thought I just drank because I liked alcohol, Bishop. But the, the, the truth is, the devil was using that to try to take me out. Because if he, if he could have took me out, I couldn't have been redeemed. If he, I'd have been lost. If he'd have took me out, I couldn't have been redeemed. I'd have been lost. See, Satan will try to remind us of what we once were, but our Sinful past will no longer be a part of our record as far as God is concerned. Our guilt of past sins is absolved. We are also saved from a life of sin with the salvation of Jesus Christ in effect in our lives. 
we no longer live under sin's dominance or its realm. See, I no longer live under that. Whenever the devil tries to come at me with something that happened back then, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my own self. I say, God, help me. And God, and then I begin to give God praise and thanks for where he brought me from. Because it's so important for me to remember what he did for me. He went to a cross for me. The things that Christ did for us, we can never repay. We could never repay. And I, in my human body, I, I probably couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. People spitting on me and people doing things of this sort to me and <laughs> being able to call down a legion of angels, Bishop, it probably would have been over. I, 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 I couldn't have done it. Only God. Only God. Salvation also means that we have a hope which the world does not enjoy. God's word contains many promises which offer a hope for the Christian. The world is facing the wrath of God because of its rebellion. That's why you see certain things that are happening. It's happening. God is preparing to come back. He's preparing to come back, and he's going to judge. It's going to judge. You know, you hear people say, well, I heard a man once tell me that, you know, I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm, I just don't want to be in purgatory. I said, what? He said, well, you know, I just don't want to be in purgatory. I said, brother, that's the least of your words. You need to get your life straight. He said, well, you know, I just want my children taken care of. I said, brother, the best thing you can do for your children is get them in church. Because you can't save them. You, you, can't, you can't do anything for them but get them in church now and teach them about Jesus. That's all you can do because you don't have a heaven or a hell to put them in. See, People have the misconception that you leave here and that's it. Or some think you come back as a horse, a donkey, or a dog, or none of that's happening. You're going to be judged for what you've done while you're here. We can't miss the mark. We can't miss out. We must not permit our salvation to slip from us because of carelessness. And this is the state of folks' mind today. It's See, because if you, if you lay out a church, that's one reason why I, I, I thank God for the bishop and him coming to church the way that he did, because I learned from that. 
And I learned you, you don't just lay out of church. Because if you just kick back and relax and lay out, it'll get to feeling good to you. And after a while, you won't want to go. It's like your salvation. If I lay it down and sit it down over here and I don't pick it up for two weeks, well, I'm going to get used to not having it, Bishop. So I'm going to get used to being over here with the world and doing what I want to do without that salvation because, see, that holds me down. I can't do what I want to do with that. I've come to believe that I can do everything I want to do with Christ Jesus. I've never left, lived better than I've lived since I've been with the Lord, since I've been saved, since I've given my life to God. I feel better. I look better. I'm healthier. I have more money. I don't have I mean, I still have, don't get me wrong, I have problems. I have things that occur, but there's nothing that will knock me to my knees and I'm not able to get past it. I know that, okay, well, Lord, here's an issue. But I'm, I'm okay, Lord, with you. It's going to get fixed. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through. And that's to include death. You know, and that's something that we, 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 we sometimes think about and think, well, you know, I, I just can't make it if a loved one is gone. Yes, you can. You can do all things with Christ. You can do all things with Christ. What we got, sis? Disobedience is the direct violation of God's word and will. It is the refusal to obey God. Sin is based upon a person placing his own will above that of God. Israel was guilty of disobedience to the law of Moses. Their continual obsession with living according to their own will and desires eventually led to defeat by their enemies and a life of slavery. So <laughs> it, it just doesn't work to go your own way and do your own thing. I, 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 I tell you, I love having the protection of God around me. I love having... Because the alternative is not good. The, the alternative in your life, Bishop, is not good. Some people believe that freedom is doing whatever you like, whenever you wish, according to your own will. But while such a lifestyle may appear on the surface to be the height of liberty, it becomes a lifestyle of bondage in the most extreme degree. Bondage to sin, Satan, and self. On the other hand, true liberty is freedom from sin and Satan. See, the world thinks that freedom is doing what you want to do. But no one's happy. No one's happy. 
No one's having a good time. I mean, they're out drinking and partying and doing whatever, but you're still not happy. You're not happy in your life. And looking back on my life before Christ, that's the way I was. If you look back before God delivered you, you thought you were happy. You thought you, 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 had, it, you had all the answers, but really you had none. I thank God for my salvation, what he brought me from, what he brought me to, the mire and the muck that he brought me out of. I thank God for it. As servants of Jesus Christ, we are recipients of the many benefits of that relationship. But if they are, but if we are to enjoy his benefits, we must also yield to his desires for our lives. The expectations of Christ are not grievous to one who is born again. It is a tragedy when a person loses his salvation in Christ either through neglect or disobedience. In either case, it is often the result of a lack of appreciation for the things of God. A person with an unthankful heart fails to appreciate what God has done for him and scarcely comprehends God's love. And that's a sad case. That's a sad way to be. That's a sad way to be, church. I thank God for my salvation. We ought to thank God for where he brought us from and remember what he has done for us. Remember him going to the cross for us. Christ made our salvation complete by his perfect sacrifice. The author of Hebrews wanted the Jewish Christians to be aware of the completeness of their salvation, the greatness of the one who is responsible for it, and what it cost him personally to become our Savior. Thank God. Thank God. Musicians can come. We thank God. I thank God for what he's done for me. I thank him for how he brought me out of the muck and the mire. I don't take that lightly. You online don't take that lightly. Christianity is not something that we can put on when we want to and take it off when we want to. We can't just take it off and set it aside and then pick it up when we want to. We have to wear it all the time. We ought to wear it all the time because we don't know when he's coming. And he's, it's, it's going to be a judgment when he comes. Amen. And I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I've, ran, I've, I've come too far to turn back now. Amen. Well, I pray that you got something out of this tonight so great a salvation we can't take our salvation lightly church we have to hold to God
Hallelujah. We want to give God all glory and praise for all that he's doing in our lives. And we'll see you Sunday if you're here in the house. And we want to say God bless you. We crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. High and lifted up. the